there, and welcome back to the Clarity Podcast. This podcast is all about providing clarity, insight, and encouragement for life and mission. And my name is Aaron Santemeyer, and I'm going to be your host. Today, we have the phenomenal opportunity to have with us two ladies. Shelly, you met uh, back in the spring when she was on the podcast, and we discussed her book, Seizing the Good Life, um, Peace and Joy Through the Gospels, and we looked at the, the Gospel of John. Just a phenomenal time with her. And when we got offline, um, after the recording we were talking, I was sharing about some different areas that I would like to um, have um, interviews and to discuss. And we were talking about grandparenting, and she said, hey, you know, my friend uh, Chris Howard and I, uh, we have a ministry called Rocking It Grand, and we'd be it might, if you're open, we could we could become on the podcast together. And so, it's a, an honor to have them both with us today. They bring wisdom and insight. They bring experience. They bring fun. They bring you get to see the joy in the relationship, um, which is was very cool. And so we discuss questions like. Um, the idea about what grandparenting is like today. Um, is there things that are they're different? Talk about uh, navigating the relationship maybe when the grandchild grandchildren are not necessarily going in the way uh, and honoring the family values that have been instilled in them. Um, processing the emotions. Maybe if a, a grandparent wants a, a relationship with a, a grandchild and the grandchild is not necessarily interested in that. And they provide some great wisdom on that. It just the, about the seasons of being a grandparent and the the maturation that takes place in grandchildren, and uh, just just phenomenal insight in that. We talk about how to navigate relationship uh, when there's a divorce in the family, and just some wisdom and insight there. Just a phenomenal time to sit down and learn from them. It was fun for me to be the interviewer. It made my job easy because they they talk and they interact off each other, and uh, it was just a great time. I had a smile on my face the whole the whole interview. So want to ask you to continue to send in your questions for Back Channel with Foth. That's where we sit down with Dick Foth and get to learn from him. And then um, also, I know the podcasts that I subscribe to are the ones I listen to. And just would ask you to continue to subscribe to this one. Well, there's no time better than now to get started. So here we go. Greetings and welcome back to the Clarity Podcast. So excited to have my friend Shelly back with us today. Many of you remember we had a podcast with her when we discussed her book, Seizing the Good Life. And um, she brought a friend with her today. Shelly, would you say hello to the audience and then maybe introduce your friend? That would be awesome. I would be delighted to. Thank you for having me back, Aaron. I del- I, it was so delightful to be with you the last time. So I've been looking forward to this visit because now not only do I get to visit with you, but I have my good friend, Chris Howard, with me. Wow. Chris is the grandmother for anyone in your listening audience that is a Duck Dynasty fan that knows the Robertson family. Yeah. Chris is Corey's mother okay. and Willie's mother-in-law. And okay. so I'm going to let Chris say hi to the audience. Awesome. Hey, everybody. Yes, I'm delighted to be here. Shelly kind of quickly told me what we were doing today, but as we've explained to Aaron, we don't live in the same town and we have a thousand things going on. <laughs> and um, I literally ran in here today and had no idea that I was talking to somebody from Nairobi. I so, forgot to mention yeah, that. She, she not <laughs> so, I mean, that just makes it all the more exciting. And um, I'm just happy to be a part of what's going on in that part of the world. Which I'm sure people from all around the world hear this because now we live in a, a small enough world that what we say can go anywhere. So. Yeah, and, sure. and I need to say one more thing about about my bio intro okay. to Chris. 
Yeah, Chris has a life beyond uh, <laughs> beyond being Corn's mother. She had a full life before she was became known as Corey Robertson's mother, and she does now. So, Chris, or, my apologies well, for that. Or Sadie's grandmother. Or Sadie's grandmother. That's more yeah. likely it's Sadie's grandmother now. So, yeah. That's it. <laughs> well, that's what we're going to be talking about today, being a grandmother, grandparenting, and I'm just looking forward to our conversations today. So thanks for spending some time with me. I like just to begin podcasts with this kind of a interesting question. So how did you two become friends? Can you just share about that? And then we'll jump into some questions about grandparenting. Let Chris take that one. Go, Chris. Okay, that was that's kind of an interesting start. Again, Shelly and I don't live in the same town, but I was beginning to know who she was probably 20 years ago. Oh my gosh, it has, has been. been. It has. <laughs> I just got really old really actually, fast. <laughs> not, not quite. I'm gonna now I actually know okay. the year. It was 18 years ago because okay. we I had oh, my well, first I my first conference back. in 2005. And so at that time I had a radio show and my ministry was about being a mom and it was called hmm. It's a Mom Thing. So then I had the crazy idea, as we we do sometimes as crazy people in ministry, uh -huh. that I would put on a conference for moms here in Monroe, Louisiana. And I did that for five years. And so one of the years um, I was looking for somebody to add some humor to the lineup. Okay. You know, that's how you do it. When you're lining sure. up your people, right. you look for somebody who's funny. Yeah. And she had just come out with a book. I don't know if you've seen it yet. Suck your, Suck your stomach in and put some color on. Put some uh, color I, re on. I read that book leading up to our first interview. Yeah. Awesome. And so I just thought that was so clever and so funny. And so I contacted Shelly to be a part of my conference that year. And so that was the beginning of our friendship. But mm -hmm. we kind of went on to do other things. She did radio where from her point of view, I did radio, but we mm -hmm. were guests on each other's shows and different things like that. And um, at, then at some point, Five years ago, maybe. I think. Shelly yeah. contacts me and says, okay, why don't we team up? We yeah. keep doing kind of yeah. the same things. Mm -hmm. Why don't we tell them? I had gotten out of radio. She had gotten out of radio. And we were both, I was podcasting from home. Yes. Slot, like, you know, between 2 o'clock a.m. and 3.30 a.m. that we weren't doing anything. Right. So I thought. <laughs> <laughs> I thought maybe we should do something together during yes. those hours because we were both so about grandparenting, so mm. about our families right. and intentionally passing along the faith right. to yeah. the next generation and not just expecting them to get it because they don't get it accidentally. Yeah. And yeah. so I knew that was your passion. And I think I've taken over the story. No, Sorry, go ahead. No, no, good. But I knew that this was your passion as well. We, we've spent enough time together in the same circles, um, yeah. Aaron, that I knew this was also... Chris's heart. Yeah. And so that's why I thought, why don't we do this together? Right. And we launched Rocking It Grand hmm. with that intention to be an intentional grandparent, mom and grandparent to your families. And um, we really like launched they say, the rest is yeah, we really launched it being written. with the grandparenting uh uh, demographic in mind, yeah. but we have discovered over the years that many young moms are seeking hmm. out a grand, a mom in their life and a mm. grandmother in their life, perhaps their grandparents have already passed on. And so we have a bigger audience than we thought we would of that mom crowd that yeah. I had with it. It's a mom thing. So right. uh, it's been, uh, it's been a, a really sweet journey. Uh, we, we wish the thing that we wish for is a little more hours in a day yeah. because we <laughs> 
have these other lives that we do too, which are called grandmothers. Yeah. I have 14 grandchildren wow. and six, almost seven great grandchildren. And Shelly's. Uh, so she has swamped me in that. I have six grandchildren six and no great grands. So she has swamped me in those numbers. But, but so that, you know, that is our heart. So that keeps us busy as well as the other ministry work that we do. But um, our number one heart is, is leaving the, a lasting legacy with our hmm. children and our grandchildren and yeah. now my great grandchildren. And so how we go, everybody goes about that a different way. And so yeah. our, our goal is just to give people some tools that we do. Right. Use. Right. Because what we have found, and I will breathe at some point, Aaron, and let you talk too. I promise we will. <laughs> they don't want to hear me. They want to hear you. They hear me all the time. But what we have found is that it can be uh, a tendency in mature women. We'll call ourselves mature women, but and we don't mind that. We're older women and we're, we're cool with that. But what what can be the tendency is to think that um, the younger generation does not want to hear from you hmm. and that, you know, there's, they don't want the wisdom that you've gleaned, however hmm. much you have the experience, the life experience. And Chris and I have found that that is exactly opposite, that wow. the younger generation, that everyone out there is saying, like, speak into my life, like, teach hmm. me, teach yeah. me, hmm. you know. And yeah. so we yeah. want to give that kind of confidence to other say don't retire yeah. don't back out of mm. the engagement with your families and with your churches because they need you yeah i think we've answered more than how we met no, but... it's, it's awesome makes my <laughs> have job we makes... The question, have we gone on to question two and three already <laughs> no it makes my job easy um so you guys just answer the questions before i ask them which makes it makes it awesome for me so um so the idea you've kind of hit on it, grandparenting has changed and being a grandmother has, and being a grandma, that's changed in the last few years. You both, you're professionals, you're involved in ministry, you have, you shared, you have a full life going on. How do you navigate that challenge of you have ministries, full life going on, and at the same time, I heard you both say, we want to be intentional in investing in, in the next generation specifically with faith. And so how do you navigate that challenge of having so much going on in the same time, intentionally investing in the next generation? I think you're right in saying that grandparenting have changed on one level, Okay, but on the level of the, that grandparents make a huge difference and impact That's on the lives of children has not changed from uh, biblical days. You yeah. know, we know that from biblical days that grandparents are a huge part of society and raising sure. that community and the children underneath them. So that hasn't changed. Again, it's the methodology that kind of has changed because okay. we live in different, we live in different times. My grandparents um, did not live in the same town that I lived in. And it was a phone call, a long distance call to them. And then in the summer we visited, they'd come see us, but that didn't stop them from being a major influence in my life mm. and love them so dearly where I see my grandchildren, some of them every day. Yeah. And those who live away from me, we FaceTime and we uh, Snapchat and we call. I have so much more contact with, with those children. So, um, it, it has changed, but but then it hasn't. And then at the same time, my grandmother uh, worked full time. She was a nurse. Mm. And uh, so even back in 
the old days. My grandmother was a working woman and was busy and uh, still a great influence on my life. So juggling, I think juggling anything in life is um, the, a challenge only to the point that you let it be a challenge to you. You know, okay. what time you have, you use wisely. Okay. What time you don't have, you don't sweat and feel guilty about. Yeah. You just move on to the next thing. Now, I will say there's guilt involved in grandparenting as much as in, when you're a mom. There can be guilt involved because you, I can't get to 14 of them at the same time. True. And so I could that could weigh down on me. And I've even heard some grandparents say, I can't see them all, so I don't see any of them. Oh, like, oh, no. oh, I cringe. <laughs> yeah, don't do that. Yeah. I cringe at that. You yes, know. Figure, figure, figure out a way. I could not agree more with what you said, Chris. And to, to just put in two more cents there, you know, it is so true that you make time for what matters. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's true. It does not matter who it is. It's why you have sayings like, if you want something done, give it to a busy woman, you know, because she's going to get it done. I mean, that's it. Right. You know, give it to someone that's already busy because they're sure. going to get it done. But when we realize that we're going to make, we're going to make time for what matters. And so life is busy and we do have all of these responsibilities. But when, when you keep the main thing, the main thing, you know, so you got at the center of your life. That's the main thing. Yeah. And then out of that relationship with him, then you have um, something to give. And otherwise you, you run dry, right? Yeah. You right. drain out, right. you know, you run dry, but we're attached to a living well, yeah. you know, that, yeah. like a sustainable source. And so if you're, if you're eating supernatural bread, yeah. you know, and you're drinking living water, then yeah. you've got something in you to give to somebody else. That's good. I word. love that's why I like her. What a great expression there. I love <laughs> well, and, and like, like Monday night, um, I don't know when you'll air this, but a couple of nights ago, we, um, I realized my husband's birthday was this week and I had not planned anything because uh, my granddaughter Sadie is having a huge event with 3000 people coming to town and we're all, all hands on deck for that. Mm-hmm. Well, I realized it was my husband's birthday. And so I quickly texted the entire family that lives in town and said, it's on six o'clock. Well, I had no idea how many are free and you mm-hmm. just get what you get and you don't throw a fit. Just That's like, it. Just like we tell our kids. Yeah. And I, 35 of them were able to come, wow. you know, celebrate that night. And so sometimes I think we think we have to be so prepared, so intentional, oh. so way ahead of time. Sometimes it's the last minute. I'm serious. I don't know if you have Sam's or Costco where you live. But I mean, literally ran to Sam's, grabbed things. Now, Shelly would have cooked the entire meal the whole day. And, <laughs> and I, I did cook some of it, but I also got appetizers and things like that at Sam's yeah. and fruit, put everything out. And at six o'clock, we had the family because it's it's all about, you know, just doing what you can do just, and not worrying yeah, about the loving rest on of it. people yeah. and realizing that people are what matters and not the the food and right. not the house being cleaned. And because Chris gives me all these kudos for that uh, home cook everything. And, and I actually don't because I had an impromptu party Monday night. I saw that. <laughs> you saw yeah, that online? I, that. I did of this week. And and it yeah. was a gathering that Holy Spirit was clearly planning. I, hmm. I, I was just trying to keep up with him because I thought I was reaching out to a group of women at my church, my mm. home church. And before the day was over, I was inviting them to a pop-up party at my house at night because 
women and and pe- men, people, all of us just need Christian fellowship. That's and the Lord was pressing on me about that. So I thought I was inviting women from my church. And then through a series of texts and them saying, could I bring so-and-so and so-and-so. Anyway, what ended up happening that evening, Aaron, is the door opened when it was time for the gathering and people started coming in. It ended up being from two different parishes and array of churches. And, wow. and it was just this hubbub of Christian fellowship. And I had, um, this arts from Walmart, believe it or not, oh, Chris. Wow. I did. I did. I had. I had soup. Yes. I called it a super supper. You did not know how that makes me feel. I, I knew you would love to hear that. So I, because it happened so it. so quickly and so organically, but it's to keep the focus on the people. Yeah. Yeah. In your life and yeah. not the things in your life, right? Good word. Exactly. Right. Good now, word. I do have to chop you on that one because my mother is 92 and still mm-hmm. active. She made homemade ice cream. She hmm. did. Yes. I'm just telling you. Well, the it next was, time, next time you ladies have parties, the the guy from Nairobi can come with his family. How about that? Uh, so. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I'll text you, Aaron. Uh, in I would I don't be about get here that I was gonna say I'm sorry. I would be I'd be 36 hours late. Um yeah, because that's know. about how long it'd take me to get there. So I'd be way late. So anyway. Yeah. So so for those listening in, maybe they're they're a grandmother and um they're trying to help navigate their grandchildren that are maybe not grasping the family values and the faith values that that they're that they've instilled to their children. How do you how do you navigate that relationship with with a grandchild and maybe with your kids as they're trying to speak into the life of a, a child that is is choosing a different path? Any wisdom on that? I would say immediately. Uh, one of the things that's very personal to me that the Lord has been calling me to lately in my own life, and then I'm going to speak to the family, to the kids sure. and the grandkids, but that is to just extend Jesus and love on people with Jesus as if they are right where I am in the journey, instead hmm. of thinking that they're ahead of me or behind me or, you know, trying to take their spiritual temperature and, and yeah. how are they living. Instead, just love on them like Jesus. And hmm. so to extend that then into our grands and yeah. our our family members, we can't make their choices. We yeah. We cannot make their choices. But I tell people all the time that if there is someone in your family that does not love the Lord and you're wanting them to come to Jesus, you're wanting them to to buy in to the gospel and live for Christ, the very best thing you can do is get closer to him yourself. We Hmm. don't often look at it that way, but Hmm. many people experience Jesus in our sanctuary, if you will, our temple, you know, that that is us in Christ Jesus before they ever experience him for themselves. So if we are just, we're, we're close to the Lord and we are just inviting them into that space with him. And of course we're teaching, of course we're, you know, telling them, um, you know, teaching the gospel and, and teaching how to live for the Lord. But as far as how to handle it. Yeah. I think once you've got it out there and once they know who you stand for, and, and I'm going to pause and let Chris, I know she's got some wisdom here, but once they know who you stand for and who you live for, then there's no more sermon, right? Hmm. Because right. then they've got to make a choice. Right. Absolutely. I, I, everything you said is exactly right. And it's just lead by example at that point. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you just keep pouring Jesus into them by your actions. Mm-hmm. I, I was with somebody recently who spoke a lot about Jesus, 
but then her behavior did not show that. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the disconnect that kids see. So our our children, especially our grandchildren, have got to see this generational faith lived out, Mm -hmm. not said in front of other people, lived behind the closed doors that you live. And I have another friend whose uh, son was struggling with his faith and they just continued doing that, just Uh being there. And Mm -hmm. ultimately he got married and had a child. And it was then that he turned his life around because he then saw Begin, begin to see what he wanted his mm-hmm. child to have. So sometimes the the the, the turnaround is not going to happen for a while, okay. but you, you don't stop doing the right thing. You just mm-hmm. keep doing it and keep it. doing it and keep praying and um and leading by example. To me, that is that is the best best That's thing it. we can do. You know, yeah. and and really all we can do and pray. Yeah, of course, yeah. every night night in prayer and um, praying for them. You know, keeping their names before the throne. Yeah. Um, you know, I ask the Lord all the time, tilt that bowl, you know, for people that I've prayed for and prayed for. And I'm like, tilt the bowl. It's time for suddenly, you know, yeah. tilt that bowl so that they see you in all your beauty. But I agree. Just live the life that you are wanting them to taste. Yeah, that's good. good and if work. your grandkids are little, you start now with those intentional messages that aren't like you don't have to sit down and have a a devotional every mm-hmm. night. If you can, that's awesome. But it's also just those little, when mine would go out the door to anything, I would say, be a good leader and a good example. Every mm-hmm. time they walk out the door. And it's just those little words that they, now that they're all my grands are 18 and up. And so they'll tease me, they'll call. And when they hang for the hang up, they say, I know be a good leader, and a good example, you know, <laughs> because it's just a little tiny thing that you can say, you know, you think of something that you want to just be the thing that you end your messages with as, the, as they're they're leaving your presence. And those things stick in their mind. Yeah. And even when they're not being a good leader and a good example through some of those years, mm-hmm. they'll come back to yeah. it, you know. And can you hear, when I hear something like that, Aaron, can you hear the stability that that gives to a child? It's true. You know, that's what our kids hunger for because everything around them is shaking. I mean, mm-hmm. it is. Yes. And there's, there is chaos everywhere. But when they, to, to be part of something like that and have a mother and a grandmother that saying that to you continually, it's just, it offers our kids just a rock. Now, the yeah. rock is the Lord, but they're seeing him in our life, but it offers them mm-hmm. somewhere firm to stand. Yeah. Good word. Good word. Chris, you, I read your post recently about the gift of the past. Um, can you share the importance of the past and some insights on how grandparents can share this in a way that their grandchildren are eager to grasp and um, latch onto it? Is that a fair question? Yeah, I think that, you know, I started thinking about that post when, um, because I had said something to one of the grandkids about, I remember something and I, and I, and this, I also run a summer camp. So I'm the director over 50 young people and the camp has been there 55 years. And this summer I found myself often saying things like, well, we used to, you know, (laughs) and I realized, you know, kids don't want to hang out with you. You live in the past all the time, you know, but then I realized how important the past is and how valuable Mm -hmm. that past is to our present. And then how valuable it is to our future thinking, because Mm -hmm. 
the past is what we build everything on, whether it's good or bad. Sometimes mm -hmm. we build a good future on a bad past. Mm -hmm. yeah. Sometimes we build a great future oh, on a really good. great past. So there's that's so good. many different paths, but however we look at it, our past is going to be important to us. And so the older we get, Shelly and I have been talking about the gifts that we're given because we're aging, because mm -hmm. sometimes we don't look at aging as a gift. But it is a gift. And one of those gifts we're given is this gift of a past. Mm -hmm. I have this gift that I can look back and see years of mm. camp developing and children developing in a school that I love. Okay. I could see all those kinds of things. So one of my points in this was if you want your future to be full of good things, your present has to be full of that because within the next Five seconds, that uh -huh. becomes your past. Yeah. So if you want to be able to just breathe easy and sleep easy at night, then the things you do today are so important yeah. because each one, like I used to teach, you know, you can't learn algebra till you've learned everything builds on itself. Yeah. And so our future is being built right now on the things that we're doing in our present. And then our past that we're leaving behind to our our legacy is what we have have done in the past. Did that answer anything? Oh, or is that, wow. No, is that that's how good word. was that? Good word. How good was it? It sounded a little scrambled. No, it okay. was great. Okay. It was great. You, 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 right on point, right on point. <laughs> so I know that there's, because I get a lot of questions sent and we do a, a session on the podcast with people sending questions. How, how do how do grandmothers and maybe and grandfathers too? How do they process the emotions when they want to have a relationship with their grandchildren, but their grandchildren aren't necessarily interested in having that that relationship? And um, I've had questions sent in in the past. You know, it you know people that are hurting they want that relationship, but it's not there. Any wisdom or insight on how what grandparents can do in the meantime and how they can process that? Um, yeah, is that a fair question? It is a really good question. You know, one of the first things that comes to my mind, Aaron, is our own expectations can sometimes trip us up, hmm. um, especially when our grandchildren are moving out of the in my lap. Grandmother is everything. I mean, my grandmother name is Keggy. This is two mama. Chris is two mama and I'm Keggy. But, you know, as little kids, like, keggy is everything, and they can't get enough keggy. And then their world starts expanding. And if we resent that, then then we're inviting trouble quickly. If we okay. resent the fact that their world is expanding and we're not their everything. Yeah. And so you're not always going to be their everything. And I think that's point eight would be one of the things sure. to keep in mind, that they're going to have friendships if you then begin to um, just accept that and look at your role differently and begin to interact with them differently instead of expecting what is over. I mean, that's yeah. gone. That time, yeah. that season is over and really interact with them where they are. Um, you can develop a different relationship that's good. Yeah. It, it's not the same, but it's good, you know, yeah. and it is a place where technology comes in. I think we have both mentioned it. Yes, we do have to deal with screen time now and yeah. kids to have their faces in a screen, but we can bemoan that. And may I add when our face is in a screen also, but I mean, we can, we yeah. can bemoan that we can begrudge it and, or we can use the technology 
easy to reach out to them with a text because they don't want a grand, a grandmother long phone call, you know, yeah. or, or whatever. I'm just saying wherever they are, try to meet them right there in mm. their life. I remember having a conversation, Chris, I didn't tell you about this with um, my oldest granddaughter is 14 and we were having a great conversation not too long ago. And she was able to articulate with me that it was frustrating when people acted like they didn't want her to grow up. She was able to put mm. it into words that when people say things like, yeah. oh my gosh, can't believe you're that big. I wish you were still a baby, blah, blah, yeah. blah. Right. And and she said to me, Katie, they got to grow up. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I want to. True. Yeah, I True. want to grow up and they got to grow up. And in so many words, I could hear her heart that it was frustrating yeah. for her. And, yeah. it, and it was good for me. It was a good tutorial moment for me to yeah. really be excited with her for where she is and where she's going. And now I'm like you, Chris, did I answer the question? Yeah, I'm not sure. No. <laughs> good, good. You guys are answering the question. Like I said, making my job easy. Making my job easier. Well, I think the only thing I would kind of add, and it maybe is the same thing, summing it up in a different way. Uh, uh, two things I would say as grandparents: keep yourself interesting. Oh, thank mm. you. Do okay. one of my rabbit trails. I wanted to go down. Like I love it when my grandkids call and say, "What are you doing today, yeah. to Mama? What you know?" And I said, "Well, I'm playing pickleball, and I've got a podcast, and I'm doing yeah. you know, yeah, stay interesting, stay yourself, interesting, and then stay interested in what interests them too. Yes, you know, Good. find all of my 14 grandkids are all interested in different things, and then my great grandkids now, and. I don't feel like it's my job to like stay on top of everything that mm -hmm. interests them. But for me, I enjoy knowing what interests them. And yeah. uh, like my older grandkids, sometimes I'll text them and say, anybody up for lunch today? Because you mm -hmm. can, food will always work. Yeah. Okay. Oh, work. If they live close enough, I'll say, anybody up for lunch or can you come over for dinner or something yeah. like that? Because I'm, I'm headed to the pizza place. Anybody want to go? Yeah. Or I'm getting my nails done today. Anybody need a manicure? You know, the things that involve and interest them. And then when you're doing those things, then there's that conversation that is more about them than you. Make it's more it about, about them. What is happening? You. Do you, have you made any new friends mm -hmm. this year? Um, which is the hardest subject? You know, those kinds of, conversation start starters that begin with them but like Shelly said you know we we can't we have to know times are going to change and they're going to change and uh and so we can't wrap our whole lives around them although we do a pretty we good do. job of that <laughs> but we stay interesting too we have things that are going on in our life which which cause them to want to know hey well what are you doing because you know? if and, and i'm sorry to, i've got to say this if we are expecting them to entertain us and chris and i've talked so much about this but it bears repeating that's when they're going to want to pull away when okay. we expect them to be our life now the way mm. we used to be theirs and mm. we're like oh but now you mean you owe yeah. me you know yeah. and like we want them to entertain us then we're setting ourselves up for some heartache instead okay. If we remain interesting and we have interests that we are pursuing, then you actually have things that you can talk have with them about and have conversations. Now, that's not to say I don't make mine play the piano when they come to my house. <laughs> I do make the <laughs> uh, I, I want them to entertain me to some level, yes. Oh, my mom wanted me to be a piano player. And uh, the first piano lesson, I caught the fish out of the piano teachers. She had these guppies in her fish tank, and I caught all the fish out of the, the fish tank. <laughs> 
my illustrious piano career did not last very long, but oh, she really? wanted me to be one. It just didn't, yeah. it didn't, it didn't all That's work great. out. Didn't That's work great. That's great. I love that. So how do you navigate um, maybe when you see something in um, one of your grandchildren and you want to speak into that, but then you realize maybe that's not your role as a grandparent. That's your your child or their parents' job. Any wisdom on that, how you navigate when you speak in, when you don't speak in, when you pray and don't say anything? Is that does that make is that a fair question? I think for the most part, a grandparent's job is to pray about the situation for the most okay. part. And it depends also on your relationship and how close you are. Um, you already have said that my family is the Duck Dynasty family. For During the filming of Duck Dynasty, um, I literally was in their life every day. I was the onset tutor for all the children through schoolwork. And I went with Sadie through her three months with Dancing with the Stars. So I have a very different, I think, relationship than most grandparents do because they live next door to me, right yeah. in their lives every day. My other set of grandchildren, I had three of them, who's, uh, my my son was a single dad for eight years. So again, mm. those three, very much a part of my life. Um, my other three, I have three more that live out of town, yeah. living seven hours away. And so I uh, have a great relationship with them too, but it's a little bit different. But because yeah. if you have children, if you're in your life every day, your grandchildren, you have the right to speak into them when mm. you see things happening that they shouldn't be doing. Mm -hmm. sure. um, in fact, we had some things going on. This has been years ago with the boys who were, they were probably 11 and 12 and with some social media things. And the parents called a, called a meeting with the kids and me because I was so involved in their life. And so mm. uh, it just, I think it really, really depends on how close you are to that situation. And if you're not close enough where you feel like they wouldn't receive that information well, mm. you don't speak it. You just keep praying and um, that's all you, all you can do. Yeah. But if you're close enough to the situation, I think grandparents have the right to speak into it, yeah. but that's done carefully and with much wisdom because parents should first be handling those situations. Shelly, yeah. um, what do you think? Well, I was just thinking to add to that, of course, when we're saying for the most part, you yeah. know, you don't jump in and take the parent's job or, or you don't address that. And of course, if it's an, um, a physical emergency issue, is there some harm? If we're yeah. talking about oh, yeah. some harm yeah. that's about to come to someone, well, then uh, all, all bets are off, right? right. Because you're going to For jump sure. in right there. But beyond that, when you see things that um, need to be addressed maybe in your, your kids' and their kids' lives, it's always for me taking that to the Lord in prayer. It's always covering that in prayer. And unless it's an emergency, letting that parent ask me, like, yeah. what do you think about this mom? And what should, you know, how should I handle this? Because I, I just do not insert myself into their lives over these other things unless they have asked me. Now, when they invite me in and what do you, what do you see here or what are you thinking? I'm going to tell them and I'm, yeah. I'm going to tell them everything that I'm thinking. I'm not going to hold back at that point because they've opened the door, but I'm really very cognizant of whether or not they've opened that door or not, you know, yeah. before I speak into them. And then to parrot Chris, I love that you said the ones that you are in their life day to day, hmm. there's a certain amount of buy-in there yeah. that yeah. if 
if you're in their life day to day and you're, you're driving, sure. the you're driving yeah. and they're yeah. depending on you and you're picking them up, it, it's almost like you've earned that yeah. little bit of extra room to speak up, you know, yeah. more so than I have in-town grands as well and then out-of-state grands. And so I really identified with that. I thought that was good. And generally, you're talking about something that may be a behavior that you're seeing or sometimes sure. it's the way a parent is parenting that you're not exactly mm -hmm. on board with and those kinds of things like the parenting things those are the things to be very mindful and very cautious about challenging oh, because very. Um, i have learned that you can go a whole lot of different directions to come up with the same result and mm -hmm. all those directions may not be exactly the way i would have done it mm -hmm. yeah. and so uh today's parents might mm -hmm. do things a little bit differently than we did it mm -hmm. and that's okay uh, unless you see something just harmful happening, you just mm -hmm. have to think, okay, they're going to be okay. They're going to, mm -hmm. they'll figure this out That's and it. let them figure it out. But, you know, behavioral things like you're in charge, you've got five of the grandkids and they're hitting each other. No. Yes. Yeah. I'm it's stepping in. You. Yeah. I'm, okay. no, I'm going to do word. that. <laughs> good word. Uh, Chris, you mentioned kind of in the story, um, you were one of the points you were making there. And then I listened to you share about the importance of relationship when there's been a divorce in the family. Um, you mentioned that your son was uh, a single parent for a while. Can you, both of you, could you share the importance of grandparents when there's been a divorce, the importance of the relationship for grandparents in that situation and how they can engage rather than withdrawing? I haven't walked that road, so I'm going to let Chris speak to that. Okay. Well, I've walked that road um, with two of my children, actually, my son and then and then my daughter, my other daughter as well. And so six of my grandchildren come from a divorce situation. And um, what I felt like during the time, and now we've walked it long enough now that they're all amazing young adults. We went through it. They did great. They're amazing. And I'm going to be honest, when it first happened, I was so devastated that I I didn't know. I was like, how are these kids going to make it? How are they going to have a great view of marriage and family and all of that kind of thing? I had all those questions and lots of prayers and tears and all that. And then I'm like, okay, we're going to get this together. And here's the thing. Hmm. We're going to keep what can stay solid and consistent, solid and consistent. Yes. And that hmm. was our church family, our our family, our big extended family, the school they went to, all the things that we could keep consistent. Oh, that's good. We stuck with consistency. For children, the more you change, the harder life gets, yeah. um, especially if you're in a, a divorce situation. That's already a big enough change. And then you start saying, oh, we're going to change schools. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. I would say to anybody, stay in as much of the consistent mm -hmm. things as you can. And then for grandparents, again, that's just adding that level of security and stability that they really need to walk through something like this. All of my grandchildren were, they were three, five, and seven, um, four, six, and eight, you know, all of those ages, which were old enough to understand that something was going on, not old enough to grasp all of it, but they definitely were old enough to be hurt and challenged and that sort of thing. So for us as grandparents, we determined that we were just going to show up, be there, be solid, support, never talk bad about either 
Mm, party either so way right there. that's hugely important and, and you i even think i shouldn't have to say that but i do but because i hear it all the time yeah. of it, it, even the grandparents talking bad about the, sure. the spouse mm -hmm. and it's not that we couldn't say bad things we could there's yeah. things we could say right. but we would chose not to and yeah. just focused on the kids and another thing that I, I told my son particularly when he was walking through this we're going to not parent or grandparent out of guilt mm -hmm. or out of fear fear or mm -hmm. any of those other things we're going to parent and grandparent as we would parent and grandparent anyway we're not mm -hmm. going to make a decision because oh no poor so-and-so has just gone through this yeah right. so i'm going to be lax on this no, no. Right. we were just solid steady rock steady like we always were you misbehave you're corrected mm -hmm. you're loved on that's so good you know all of those things not letting that be the biggest determiner in your yeah. life because i am a camp director and i have 50 young people who come in every summer probably half of them when i say tell me your story begins with my parents got divorced mm -hmm. when i was seven hmm. Or my parents got divorced. So it's such a major thing. I have not asked my six grandkids, but I almost feel like their story wouldn't start with that. I'm mm -hmm. not sure. Mm -hmm. But I feel like we stayed so steady in their lives that hopefully that's not the beginning point of their story. I don't know. That I'll is, have to ask them. They're old enough now. I can ask that them. is so good. You know, if I could add one thing, um, you know, I, I toss that to Chris because I have not walked that with my grand, my children, um, that divorce situation. But I had to speak to when you were talking about parenting differently because of, you know, what mm -hmm. they've lived through. I, this is something I've seen over and over and over again is parenting out of a sense of guilt with people that are in my circle, you know, extended yeah. family and people right. in my circle that um, are lax to in their discipline or their decisions with that child because of what that child has gone through. And sympathy is an enabler. It's mm. not a strengthener. Mm. That, that type of sympathy that you just say, okay, well, I'm so sorry that's happening. And so I'm going to not hold you to the standard that I, I would have. You're doing that child such a disservice. You are literally at cross purposes with what you want to come out of that child's life. This, this really has nothing to do with that, but it does. <laughs> This morning on uh, on the news, this uh, quarterback for some college team had a late night game and they won the game and he goes online and he uh, petitions his professor because his assignment is not going to be on time. Ah. And could I please get out of it because yeah. of this game that I just won? I hope professor said no. The professor got <laughs> on and said, I'm so proud of you. You did a great job, but your assignment was still Good. due last Good. night at midnight. Yeah. And I was like, Praise the Lord that yeah. somebody really gets it, that we have to be accountable to things, no matter the circumstances. Yeah. Tell the counselors at camp, you show up for this job and don't bring your emotional baggage with you. We are mm -hmm. counseling 1,400 kids this summer. 
and don't bring all that with you. And the way you start that is by teaching them when they're young that you're accountable for your actions. No matter what, things are going to go around us. Life is tough. Life is bad. Life is weird. Life happens. Right. What you're actually doing when you extend the type of sympathy that changes the rules because of the situation, what you're saying is you are a victim. I'm sorry that you're a victim. Life has not been fair to you. And, Mm. you know, you don't, and you're actually saying you don't have the skills or or the character or whatever to respond the way you need to in this situation because you've been damaged. And then that is the, that's not the message that we want to give to them. We want them to know that regardless of the circumstances that they have been dealt and the cards that they're looking at, they can still live a life a strong, wonderful life that glorifies God. They have not been um, damaged by re- yeah. you know, by their past. Uh, that's a good word. Ladies, it has been an honor to spend some time with you today. Uh, we end the podcast in prayer, and I don't know if one or both of you want to pray, but um, just would like to ask you to pray for the audiences listening in, um, the grandparents, that many of them are grandparenting from a distance. Um, they live in one country, and their grandkids live in a in the United States or a different country from where they live. Would you just pray for them? If you both would like to pray or one of you would like to pray, um, but that's just how we end the podcast. I sure will. Father, we thank you, too, for this opportunity to visit with Aaron and for all that that will be listening to this podcast. Lord, we ask that you would give us wisdom to to redeem the time, wisdom to be right where we are and and just listen to you, to feed ourselves on your word, Lord, to live in your presence, to pray and to listen for you so that we have strength from you to fulfill all these family responsibilities that we want to do well. Lord, for the parents and the grandparents that are listening that may be at a distance from their children, I ask, Lord, that you would draw them ever closer to yourself, and then they would be able to reach out to their kids with your love and not out of hurt or pain or disappointment. You are our healer and you are our refuge. Help all of us take refuge and strength from you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Amen.